0: Welcome to this, the fifth in the rambling series, Talking Terminal. languid is more the point, actually, rather than rambling, as I've missed quite a lot of podcasts since the spring. I'll offer some explanations as to why that's been the case, but in summary, I've changed my chemotherapy regime during that time, and that has been slightly tricky. And in addition, I've been very pushed with my music composition, MA that's taken up a lot of my time. But I've got a good few people lined up for the next few podcasts. And although you're lumbered with only my voice in this one, I'm going to explain some of the chemotherapy things and also do a couple of book reviews, which I hope you'll enjoy. I might even weave a bit of politics into them if I can. So let's get on. I guess the first thing I need to do is explain the chemotherapy. I had 23 sessions of a three weekly course of a thing called oxaliplatin, which is the sort of covering regime for a quite complex infusion, which had about a week and a half quite explained in some depth in podcasts and blogs. But to summarize, it had some strange Throat effects where you couldn't drink or touch, well, throat effects where you couldn't drink, and hand effects where you couldn't touch anything cold, and it created quite a lot of discomfort, uh, diarrhea a bit, uh, nothing dramatic, occasional constipation, not too bad, and a variety of other odd side effects uh, known to the uh, treatment itself. The treatments only last a limited period of time after which the cells have mutated, all our cells mutate, well people's cells mutate, and basically the drug ceases to have an impact on the cancerous cells, and then the cancers begin to grow, and that creates strange side effects. I had a version of the English National Opera playing in my chest regularly, coughing up quite a lot of blood, not a pleasant experience, and Basically, the tumours in my lungs, the lesion wrapped around my bronchus, etc., all began to flourish. And as a result of that, the oncology team at BART's changed the regime so that instead of being on oxyplatin, they've moved me on to the next delight, uh, which is called Phil Foy, who thinks these things up. God only knows. Now, the oxaliplatin regime was a three-weekly week regime which comprised of a dose of an infusion over a day in the hospital and then I went home with chemotherapy tablets which I had to, had to take 14 days alongside mitigating side effect tablets mainly steroids to keep you going for the first few days and some anti-nausea drugs um, and then basically that was it you took two weeks of them, and then you stopped and allowed your bloods to recover, so you had a sort of recovery week, and then you started the whole thing all over again. Phil Forry is a a rather more exacting bastard, and uh, is only a two-weekly regime. It involves a range of infusions in the hospital and injections, and then you go home with a infusion in a bottle which is connected to you in my case via a chest port which I had inserted about I don't know six weeks ago uh, under local anaesthetic in a full operating theatre I've I've done a, um, a blog about that if you want to read more but basically nobody explained to me it was in essence a wrestling match rather than a delicate piece of surgery there was delicate surgery At either end because they had to get the uh line within about four millimeters of your heart but it goes in the other end of the chest and is a is a the size of a 50p piece if you're in the uk a sort of don't know in dollars what that would look like actually um but it's like a coin being inserted in your chest with a hole in it connected to an arterial vein uh via a, a with a tube going through the arterial vein all the way to the um, to the heart. And the wrestling match was getting that tube in. It was like putting a hose in a hose. And then you go home with a chemotherapy bottle attached to you, which is under pressure. No mechanical pieces involved. No motors, no batteries. Just higher than air pressure, pumping the chemotherapy drug into the body um, using a small regulator I presume at uh, the point of exit so that's the only vaguely mechanical thing in the whole thing and then you go back to the hospital and get the bottle removed after three days. Previously you'd have to stay in hospital for 72 hours to have this stuff done but it's now delivered at home and my wife is going to learn how to remove the bottle and then we don't have to go back to the hospital which is one less hospital intervention. Being a two week rather than three week regime, it's rather more onerous because you just have to come and go and come and go. And there's not much holiday break in between. Side effects are slightly more gruesome, I think in some ways and slightly less so than others. Uh, It comprises broadly of um, things we don't talk about. So uh, quite severe constipation. There is another reason for that, which I will explain and then um, bluntly uh, acute diarrhea uh, of the nature of which I've never experienced before Uh, uh, the only way I can describe it is liquid in and liquid out Uh, quite astounding um, experience and if it didn't happen to me I'd be fascinated but actually it is pretty ghastly and if you don't take anti-diarrhea drugs prophylactically so in advance of it all happening Um, I was extremely limited in what I was able to do you know I needed to be near a lavatory to be quite honest a dreadful experience lasted many more days than I wanted it to until the hospital said double the dose of audio anti diarrhea drugs and all we will be well and goodness me it was the reason for the constipation is unfortunately I have a metastatic lesion in my hip which simply means a secondary in my hip that's the polite phrase it's actually in my butt Uh, it's like pressing the sciatic nerve times 10 and for that i have nerve inhibiting drugs paracetamol and a medium dose of morphine which is containing it to a great extent it has flared up and caused me some real discomforts uh, something i haven't had in any of the rest of the cancer treatment but uh, with the right mitigating drugs and great advice from our local hospice things seem to be all right so that's the primary reason for the podcast being a bit delayed and secondly while we're at it um, I've been doing a music composition MA part-time and I've had to produce quite a lot of pieces of music Simon Elwell will be pleased to know things are improving slightly, and I will, in a future podcast, actually post a couple of my compositions back up. Uh, I'm getting better at it, to be honest, and after nearly six months of the course, so I should, it's a two-year course. So that is the explanation, and we are going to move on to the book reviews. So the first book I thought I'd mention was Sarah Swire's Diary of an MP's Wife, Inside and Outside Power. This was a compelling tell-all book, strangely written frankly, because you couldn't sometimes distinguish between whether Sasha Swire was writing about herself in the first person or her husband Hugo Swire, an aspiring well-entrenched conservative MP, but it was written lightly slightly coarsely which is good fun and tried to tell the tale from the inside of the Cameron government I thought she achieved an enormous amount probably lost an enormous number of friends politically in doing so but gained quite a lot of money in the process Um, (coughs) Hugo Swire comes across as a, a rather kindly gentle chap actually Um, wanting to be in the centre of power but not really thinking too much of himself Uh, and and, and did that with a a gracefulness. Clearly she was wanting to push her husband in all sorts of ways and the book reveals quite interesting things about their their political as well as personal relationship and it's definitely an enjoyable flick-through read. I'd strongly commend it. Uh, Not one to want to give too many uh, amounts of money to Tories but that's definitely good fun. Talking about giving money to Tories, I bought the hardback of Alan Duncan's In the Thick of It, the private diaries of a minister. Now he was minister of state at the foreign office and was once described according to the cover as Johnson's pooper scooper and then he deputized for the then foreign secretary Johnson for for a couple of years. Um, It's a dreadful book, don't under any circumstances buy it, don't waste your money. It's a sort of pompous show-off book I thought. Uh, You know I've never known a man eat in as many London clubs, fly across the world to meet posh people. It's pompous, self-regarding, depressing really. He was the first gay Conservative MP to come out and could have had an enormous amount to say. He basically doesn't. He comes across as a smug git. Now, that doesn't mean he is a smug git. I don't know what he is. But frankly, you know, it's, it's a show-off book. Deeply depressed me. Um, and this was a man who believed he was and wanted to be in the centre of power and frankly, being a... Minister of State in even a large government department, you'll no such thing. I thought I'm sorry to be so caustic, but it was a dreadful book. Um, don't get it. I love political diaries and I hated that one. Um, <clears throat> another book I just wanted to mention was a book called Lev's Violin, an Italian adventure lent to me by my really good friend, John Duane, A total joy of a book. I can't believe somebody managed to write it. Helena Ackley basically had been tracing the provenance of a violin uh, that had been manufactured in Italy. She'd met the guy who owned it and became obsessed with the violin, perhaps a bit him, although that's not entirely true. No, it's not entirely accurate. It may be true. I don't know. And it, it broadly speaking, is a description <coughs> of the marvellous violin making that took place in Cremona and the surrounding area, you uh, know, in, in Lombardy, basically. And tracking the violins, the behaviour of the church, uh, never good, of course. Uh, just a wonderful book, uh, in, enthralling, I think it was described on the cover as, and it's it is a really good read it sounds like it'll be a bit dull but i've got to say that helena Atley's capturing of italy she is not just describing what went on in the past she it describes cycling through towns and cities and villages uh whilst tracking the provenance of this violin and meeting people and it's just great it's absolutely lovely and Uh, I'd strongly commend it as an antidote to anything that Alan Duncan could provide. And there we leave the book reviews. So there you have it. Um, Book reviews, explanations and two words of apology. Firstly, apologies for the sound quality in this blog. Fair to say that going on at the same time as I'm recording this is a thing called Points East, which takes place in Victoria Park. It's a a three-day festival uh, with a lot of music playing and I've had to change my dampening uh, to try and avoid too much intrusion from the noise of which there is a significant amount. So sorry if it all sounds a bit muffled and echoey and secondly apologies again for the delays of doing one of these podcasts but there are more in the pipeline which I hope you'll really enjoy. You've managed to not sleep at this point, so well done on getting through it and look forward to you listening to the next podcast. Any feedback, any ideas, if you want to contribute, just let me know and thanks for listening.